Welcome to the Pastor Nora King Podcast. We're confident that the message you're about to hear will enhance and empower your life in God. Now, here's Pastor Nora. Now, I'm going to be talking again about unwrapping life's layers. Now, when you get born again, some people get just a miraculous happening in their life and they, you know, if they're on drugs, they get delivered. And, um, you know, if they've got other issues, they just flat get delivered. But I'm going to tell you, there's not a lot of people that that happens to. Um, now, you become a new creature in Christ Jesus instantly. Your, your heart is reborn, just like the Bible says. But this outward has to have some work done on it. Do you understand what I'm saying? Well, Romans 12, 2 says that you have to be renewed in your mind. So that tells you, you know, your heart was reborn, but your mind still has to have some work. Well, it's the same way in our personality. It's the same way in things that have attached themselves to our life that we have to, we have to unwrap those layers and we have to have some things come off of us and shed those things. And while at the same time, though, the Holy Spirit is doing some layering himself in some very positive things and we're growing spiritually and we're learning and we're developing in our Christian life and, and maturing. And so there's some positive layering that's going on too. But I'm going to tell you, too many Christians are hanging on to baggage. And as I say that, maybe it's you and maybe things in your life and you know that you need to deal with it. Or maybe it's... you. You know, God wants to use you to be able to minister to other people because it's like I said on Sunday, there's so many people that have issues. Used to, I, I, I would think, well, if I go to the mission fields, I'm going to find people that are really possessed. And that is true. But you don't have to go to the mission field anymore. It's a more sophisticated way here in America and in the world but people are possessed and obsessed, and there's no doubt about it. And we need to know that there's help. We don't have to stay that way. We don't have to stay wrapped up like Lazarus, like we talked about, but we can be free. Amen? Now, I want you to take your Bible and go back with me to, to Luke 4. And, and this is, you know, where we started on Sunday, and we're going to look at this again. And this is where Jesus went into the synagogue, and he uh, picked up um, the scroll and began to read from it. And um, we're going to read in verse number 18. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, Jesus talking, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, See, the preaching of the gospel to poor people does not leave them poor anymore. He lifts them up out of that because the anointing of God can do more in our lives than we could spend 10 years trying to work on. But the preaching to the poor, those that are poverty stricken, and it's just not in their economic or financial realm. It, it's in lots of ways that we are poor. And God comes in and he said that when the anointing 
of the preached word goes forth, that people are released from their poverty. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. We don't have to remain emotionally crushed anymore. Jesus, through that anointing, came to heal people of their broken hearts. People get broken hearts in the world that we live in all the time. You may be here tonight with a broken heart. Maybe you've lost a loved one. Maybe calamity has happened in your life, whatever the case may be. See, the anointing of God's Holy Spirit through the preached Word of God, through the spoken Word of God, through the read Word of God can heal your broken heart. And he came to preach deliverance to the captives, recovering of sight to the blind, those that are in a haze, those that are just in a fog, they can't see clearly. Folks, we have... There, there are people that are Christians, and we hear it all the time, and, and we hear the statistics how that Christian people don't even believe that the Bible is the inspired Word of God, that there's not a hell. I mean, there's not a hell. I mean, it's so much deception. People are in a haze and in a fog. But through the preaching of the Word that is anointed by God, it will come and dissipate the haze, and deal with the fog that is around people. Amen? And the devil is a, is a one who disguises things to make them look like it's okay, it's fine, but it isn't. It's deadly. To set at liberty that them that are bruised, bring freedom to those who are broken because of the calamities of life. And we're in that time where it's even more and more. But I want to go back and I want to look. He says, Deliver, to preach deliverance to the captives. See, there's something about when you preach to people and they are incarcerated. They are hid out in the prison house. There's something about the preached anointed word of God that opens up the door and releases the prisoners. And you see, every week, three times a week, we meet in this place and the anointed preached word is spoken and people can be released from their prisons if they want to be. See, some people don't want to be. They want to pet their little demons. They like the attention maybe that the self-pity or, you know, maybe that the, that attention brings to them. But I'm going to tell you, I don't want to be in the devil's prison house. I want to be free in Jesus. Amen? I tell you, we have a lot of personality problems. All of us, we have personality issues. And if we would allow... The Holy Spirit, the anointing of God and the Word of God to just be absorbed into our spirit, it could help us overcome all of these quirks, problems, issues that we have in our personality. And now I'm going to talk a little bit tonight about before you can get help, you have to acknowledge that you need help. Amen. So we can see here then that Jesus said 
that he came to preach deliverance or freedom or a release to those who were in prison. Amen? That were in captivity. That means that they were in prison. Now, then we talked about in John 11, I'm not going to take you back there, but we talked about Lazarus and how Lazarus was loved by Jesus so much. Jesus went back to the city that Lazarus lived in after he had been dead for four days and he raised Lazarus from the dead. And when he brought him forth, he said something that really captured my attention a few years back. And it was when he brought him forth, he called his name and he said, come forth. I believe God's doing the same thing today. He's calling our name for us to come forth. But then when Lazarus came forth and he was wrapped up, you know, they had taken, um, you know, all kinds of uh, uh, oils and fragrances and, and soaked the linen and wrapped his body. And so he was wrapped up. And he couldn't, you know, I'm sure when he came forth, can you imagine there would be a struggle for him just to come forth? But when Jesus said come forth, he was coming forth. And so he did. But Jesus said something that really captured my attention, and it was to the men who were standing there. He said, you loose him and you let him go. Now, see, that tells me that in the body of Christ, we have a part to play when Jesus wants to loose people out of the prison house, when he wants to take those grave clothes off, if you will, when he wants to strip the layers back that are binding us and, and keeping us in Satan's prison house, that men have something to do with that process. We're God's extension in the earth. You know that. And so we make a difference in people's lives. Amen? Now, I want to talk just a moment, and I talked a little bit about this, but I'm just going to reiterate to, to go into some other things. But if you think about layers, you know, on Sunday I took the box and I began to strip back, you know, it was layers and layers that were wrapped around that box. And I just began to strip it and peel it off until you get down to where, you know, the box, the actual box is. God wants to strip things away from our life and take it away. You know, ladies, you all know this and some of you men maybe too, but... Um, you know, if you're going to, if you're, you know, let's say you're going to make some chili. I'll make you hungry here tonight, okay? Let's just say you're going to make some chili. Uh, and one of the main things that you do, you know, you'll cook your, uh, your meat and then you'll chop an onion up, you know. But uh, when you start to, uh, to peel that onion, you cut the top and the bottom off. And, and then you begin to pe peel back those outward layers. But one thing that you'll notice about that onion before you chop it up is there's lots of layers, isn't there? And you can peel it, peel it back, and peel it back, and peel it back, and peel it back. And you see, uh, there's lots of layers in our life. Uh, and, and for some people, it's more than others that more layers need to come off. You know, if you're a person that has suffered with a poor self-image, rejection, you know, maybe you've gone through... 
a, a divorce, and, and it really wasn't pleasant, and, and there, it was ugly, actually. And, and so maybe you weren't treated so well, and maybe you didn't treat someone else so well. And, and you know, you, you get issues, and you deal with those issues until you surrender them to the Lord. And many people, see, just carry those around carry those layers around in their life, and it hinders them. You, you remember this, the story in the Bible about the person, uh, you know, that had the little speck in their eye, and this person with the big beam was trying to help the person with the speck get the speck out and had the beam, you know, the big timber. And how can you do that? See, you can't do that because you're swatting everybody with the beam. Trying to get the little speck out. Well, see, God wants us to, to deal with the beams in our eye. He wants us to not just be picking at someone else who has a little speck in their life. He wants us to deal with the layers that we've got that need attention. Now, I do understand that you can hear a message like this and you begin to pick at your life and, you know, you begin to look in an unhealthy way with, you know, areas, you know, I'm not talking about that because the Holy Spirit doesn't have to do that because we've all got issues that are pretty obvious and, I'll, and right there in your face kind of things and He'll help you deal with those. So I'm not, you know, I'm not, I don't want people to start you know, assessing things in an unhealthy way, but allowing God to take things that are wrong and, and layers in our life that are hindering us and hurting us and help us to be able to strip those away and move forward. Amen. All right. In Deuteronomy 2 and verse number 3, in the Message Bible, it says this, You've been going around in circles long enough. And then the Living Bible says, You've stayed here, talking about the mountain, long enough. Now, that's the way I feel sometimes. You know, when I, I, I really did sense that when I was getting this message ready. We've been dealing with issues long enough. We should be maturing, we should be growing, and we should not keep going around in a circle dealing with the same issues over and over again. Now, if you're a new Christian and, and you know, you don't have much knowledge of the Word of God, we've got patience, and I'm not talking about that. But, you know, when we know the Lord, we've been born again for a long period of time. We've been sitting under the Word. We've been maturing and growing supposedly, and then we just keep going around the mountain and over and over in circles over and over again. God deals with us about, you know, gossiping and judging and, you know, all these things. And what do we do? Well, I know it, God, forgive me, going around in circles over and over and over again. Keep, keep dealing. You know, see, I talked a little bit about this on on Sunday about those spiritual sins that are not outward and blatant sins, so nobody knows that they're there, but you, but you just keep going around the circle. You just keep going around the mountain over and over and over again. But God wants us to deal with it, and He wants us to be able to then let it go, release it, let those layers be peeled off, 
and then go on with God. That's what he wants. But you remember the Israelites. You remember what they did. Now, they, it was just a short journey, really. A, a matter of days journey. And because of their griping and their complaining, and, and you know, they didn't like Moses, and they didn't want his leadership. They didn't agree with him. And, you know, and of course it can go on and on and on, but that's what they were doing, and they just kept going around in circles. Well, that tells me unless we deal with the things that the Holy Spirit points out in our life, if we and let those layers be built up, we're just going to keep going around and around and around and not grow and mature and accomplish what God wants us to do. See, I feel like every, and I believe every one of us has a destiny in God. I really believe that. Something that He wants us to accomplish for Him. I don't think it's just, you know, the five-fold ministry. I think it's every one of us. But we will never get on that path or stay on that path unless we deal with the things, with the layers in our life. Amen? So we need to not be like the Israelites and go round and round and round. Now, so it brings me to this tonight. I want to talk to you about some things that you need to know about being free and staying free and not allowing these grave clothes to be applied to your life. Things you need to know. The first thing I want to establish firmly from the scripture, who imprisons and binds? Is it Satan or is it God? Now, see, we have to answer that question. Now, I was shocked recently. I mean, I, I can't even explain how shocked to you I was. I mean, it shocked me so much when this person said this to me that I really just almost jumped back. I was in a setting, not, not really a spiritual setting, and they began to tell me about someone, a child in their family that had... A severe sickness and and that child was never going to be normal and so I began to share you know I've heard things like that before but I believe that God can make a difference there I don't believe they have to stay that way I think God can heal them give them a miracle and raise them up and I believe that from the Bible because the Bible gives us a basis to believe that way all things are possible if you believe. Jesus healed people who had incurable diseases, didn't he? He sure did. Well, and I began to share that, and then immediately this person began to tell me back, well, I really don't think that God is going to do a miracle. I believe that God gave that to this child to bring him glory. Oh my goodness. I mean, I was just shocked. Well, you know, I wasn't going to argue about that. I wasn't going to argue about it. I just said, well, I believe God does miracles and just left it at that because I knew that it would do no good to argue about it. But see, that was shocking to me. But see, people believe that today. Do, 
Don't believe that everybody believes like we do, that God is a good God and His mercy and grace endures forever. Lots of people do not believe that. They believe that they have sickness and disease and problems and uh, the devil is on their trail and that's the will of God because it's going to bring God glory. I don't believe that. And and there's this has to be established. You... For your, your doctrine in the Word, you know, you have to establish who's doing what to whom. You have to establish that. But I was shocked at that. And so I say tonight to you, we've got to know who is the one that imprisons, that layers these grave clothes on in our life, who is responsible for that. So I want you to turn to um, John 10.10. Familiar to some, but we need to look at this. John 10.10. The thief comes not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Now, if you read up above there, you see that the thief is Satan. The thief comes to what? Say it with me. Steal, kill, and destroy. And so if there are things that are happening in our lives or the lives of other people, then we need to go back and we need to see, is it stealing? Is it killing? Is it destroying? Then it's of the devil. And we don't need to get that mixed up. And we don't need to think we're bringing... How could we bring glory to Jesus when Jesus took stripes upon His back for our healing? Or how could we be bringing glory to Jesus when we're tormented and mentally and emotionally a mess? When He had that crown of thorns placed upon His head so that we could have peace. And Yvonne, you know what I'm talking about. Because you've been delivered in that way and those grave clothes were stripped off that bind our minds. And so see, we, we, have, to, we have to know and we have to understand. Now, he says, The thief comes not but for to steal, kill, and destroy. Now listen to this. This is Jesus speaking. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. And I like what the Amplified Bible says. I am come that they may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. Overflowing life is from God, not death and destruction and stealing. And so we can automatically then know, you know, when... when People are in, in the prison house of Satan. We can see that it is of Satan. It isn't God doing that. And we have to understand that. Amen? Luke 16, 13 says this. Ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound, lo, these 18 years be loosed, from the bond, from this bond on the Sabbath. Now here you have a woman, and for 18 years she was bound, bowed over, and she could not even straighten herself up. And, and the Bible says 
She's the daughter of Abraham. Well, we're Abraham's family too, aren't we? That's what the Bible says. And, and so we see that this woman was bound by Satan for 18 years. So that tells us, you know, Satan gets away with things way too long in the lives of people. But Jesus came along and he freed her from that. Satan had bound her, but Jesus set her free from it. Amen? Now, I believe that, that God uses modern medicine. Do you? I've been treated before. I've been helped before, and I'm sure that you have too. Well, does that mean then when modern medicine came in that Jesus' healing power and His delivering power and His miraculous power were done away with? Because after all, medicine and hospitals and doctors. No. No, Jesus is still doing good today. He's still doing good. Now, he does anoint the doctors and the, um, and the people in the healthcare profession to help people. But I'm going to tell you, there's lots of things they cannot help people with. And it's going to take Jesus. Amen? All right. Now, I want you to take your Bible. I want you to t- turn to Luke 22. Luke 22. Verse number, um, I'm going to start with verse number 28. And, of course, this is talking, uh, Jesus is speaking to to Peter, and, uh, and he says, and the disciples, You are they which have continued with me in my temptation. And I appoint unto you a kingdom, as my Father hath appointed unto me. Jesus makes appointments. Did you know that? He designates and he sets people in positions that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom and sit on thrones judging the 12 tribes of Israel. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon. Now see, look, he had just given him some great news. (laughs) You're going to sit on the throne. You're going to judge. You're going to be a great one. But then he comes back and he says something else. Simon, Simon. You know, when you say someone's name two times, you really want to get their attention, don't you think? Simon, Simon. Behold, or look, or hear. Hear what I'm saying, Simon. Satan has desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. Now, this word sift means to shake inwardly, to try one's faith to the point of overthrow. And see, here again, we see the characteristics of Satan and what he does, as opposed to God when he looses the prisoners from the prison house and strips the grave clothes off. Amen? 
And so he says, to have you that he may sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not. And when thou art converted or turned about, strengthen thy brother. See, he gave him hope and he said, when you know, this turnabout comes, then you strengthen other people. So Satan comes uh, to shake us to the point of overthrow in our life many times. And, and sad to say, he can get by with it, you know, unless, unless we know the things that I'm sharing with you tonight. Amen? Satan can try to overthrow our lives. Folks, he can try it in so many ways. That with the economic chaos that we're in right now, he can try to devastate you that way. He can try, you know, to get you, um, uh, you know, through relationships where there's trouble all the time, where there's strife. You know, he can bring it into your household with your children, with your spouse, where there's bickering and arguing and strife and everything going on. You know, it can be, we talk a little bit about divorce. People can get a divorce and then they uh, end up and they can just be so um, just paralyzed in life. They're just stuck right there. They get bitter, harsh and hard and they can't move forward and those layers come in and just cover them up. But see, I think one clue here Jesus said, I prayed for thee. You know, when we see people in situations like that where the devil's trying to sift them to the point of overthrow, we need to do what Jesus did. We need to pray for them. Pray for them that their faith fail not. Because all of us, you know, have been at times, you know, where this can happen. And you know what? We don't need to, we don't need to be victims. We need to be the victors. Now, we get victimized sometimes, but we don't need to stay in that position, and we don't need to be identified with that. Now, you know, um, there's things that take place and, 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 you know, support groups that get together, and, um, and, and of course, I'm not against any of that, because I think some things like that sometimes, you know, with where you are can, can be very positive experiences, but, you know, when... When you stay attached to things that keep taking you back to where you were when you were a victim, you, you could have some problems. You could have some problems because you're not identifying with the deliverance of Jesus Christ. You keep identifying with Satan's trap that he had for you. You see what I'm saying? So I'm not against support groups, so don't hear me say that. But, but you know, when you just keep talking about, I'm a victim, I'm a victim, we're victims. You know, when you keep talking about that, I think, I think there's something about your liberty and your freedom that is not complete. I think you have to believe that you were released you have to believe that and be the victor. Amen? Okay, the second thing I want you to know is understand that God extends mercy and grace to help us gain this freedom that we're talking about. Would you put up on the screen Zephaniah 3, um, 17? Zephaniah three seventeen in the Amplified Bible. I want us to look at that. I think it, it gives us... 
a look at, you know, God through his grace and mercy in our life, okay? His grace and mercy in our life. Now, the Lord your God is in the midst of you, a mighty one, a Savior who saves. He will rejoice over you with joy. He will rest in silent satisfaction. And in his love, he will be silent and make no mention of past sins or even recall them. Isn't that good news? He will exalt over you with singing. Will you go to the next verse, please? I will gather those belonging to you, those Israelites in captivity, who yearn and grieve for the solemn assembly and the festivals, on whom their exile and inability to attend services at Jerusalem have brought derision and the reproach of it is a burden. Next one. Behold, at that time... I will deal with all those who afflict you. I will save, listen to this, the limping ones and gather the outcasts and will make them a praise and a name in every, uh, every land of their shame. Now, I want us to zero in on that. When we're talking about realizing, you know, who, get, who was our problem, Satan is the destroyer, and then realizing that Jesus... And our Father, our Heavenly Father, are the ones that extend this grace. And when we're down, He doesn't kick us when we're down. He will save the limping ones and gather the outcasts. And will make them a praise and give them a name. Isn't that wonderful? You might have been an outcast. You might have been limping, but God will save you, extend that grace and mercy to you, and give you a name, and you'll be somebody in the house of God. Now, I tell you, sometimes I felt like a limping one. I felt like I was just limping along in life, really not able to function the way that I needed to. But you know what kept me going is knowing that my God loved me and He wasn't going to kick me out of the family when I get down. That He's going to be there to help and support me. Now, Matthew 12, 20 talks about a broken or distressed reed. He won't break. Or a smoldering wick, he won't extinguish. You know when a candle, um, uh, you know, is just about ready to go out and it's smoldering? Um, you know, he says when that's your life, he's not going to snuff that life and that light out. He won't do that. He'll help you. And, and when it talks about here, the broken or distressed reed, he won't break. That's, that's like a little small tree, if you will. I always think about bamboo stems or something like that when, when I read that scripture. And, and you, know, just all, you know, just leaning over and just almost about to fall. But he said he wouldn't break it. But he would leave it and he would begin to nurture it and nourish it and help it to raise back up again. And that's a good promise, isn't it? He doesn't kick us when we're down. The third thing I want you to know is when you have these layers or grave claws, don't ignore or make excuses. Acknowledge and allow the truth to help you face it. That's hard, isn't it? You know, if you're, if you're involved in a marriage and, and you know, you, you talk to each other and sometimes you don't talk so kindly and sometimes, you know, you raise your voice, you say things and, 
but but you know during the process of some of that you know some our spouse can say something to us and tell us something about ourselves that bothers them that we need to work on but how many of you know if you never acknowledge it, you won't work on it, and you're going to be going around that mountain and around that mountain and around that mountain in your marriage. Isn't that true? You have to acknowledge it. It's hard. I don't want to see those things about myself. Don't tell me that. Do you? Surely. That's not me. I don't do that. I don't act like that. You know? But see, we have to acknowledge it before we can go on and get the help that we need. How many of you have known people, I've known several, that have been addicted to drugs? Why, they'd never admit it. Alcoholic, they'd never admit it. And until they admit it, they're not going to get any help. And so in the Lord, if we want to get help in areas of our life, we have to acknowledge that it is there and that we need His help. Amen? Now, Isaiah 52.2 says this, Loose yourself from the bands of your neck. Loose yourself from the bands of your neck. In other words, we've seen how Jesus spoke uh, when Lazarus needed to come out of those grave claws and that wrapping and those layers. And he spoke to men by and he said, loose him and let him go. So we know that that is possible and that it happens and that people get loose that way. But here he's saying, when you acknowledge it and you recognize what's going on in your life, that you have the ability to even loose yourself from the bands that are upon your life. Amen? See, it's easy to look at other people and see what they're dealing with. You know, remember the speck and the beam? It's easy for us to see. But it's not so easy to see when there are things and issues in our own life. Amen? Then, I'm not going to turn you here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end with this. In Isaiah 58 and 6, it talks about that fasting looses the bands of wickedness. So we can see that we can loose ourselves, and part of that process in, in, in loosing ourselves, fasting can be a part of that. Now, I think you can fast, uh, you know, like when we pray for our nation or, or pray for things that are going on and, and bands of wickedness can be released. I really believe that in, in that kind of setting. But I also believe that when we're dealing with issues and we need freedom and we need liberty that we can fast for ourselves and those bands of wickedness can be undone, can come off of us. I'm telling you, there's something about fasting that, that hits something in the spirit that's different from anything else. And see, we don't fast enough, I think. You know, we don't hear that much about fasting anymore. But fasting is powerful, and it will loose the bands of wickedness. Now listen to this. When you you talk about wickedness, it has to do with um, moral wrong. Now that's not surprising, is it? But when there's something morally wrong in our life, we can get those things broken. Have you ever just thought, I can't, you know, I I just can't seem to get free. I just keep dealing with that over and over again. 
fasting will loose bands. See, bands are like fetters. They tie you up. And then also the bands of wickedness have to do with a violation, a condemnation, a vexing, and a troubling. See, it's morally wrong, but it's more than that. And when I think about the violation and the vexing and troubling, I think about, you know, God's people and we're covenant children of the Most High God. And this vexing and troubling that the devil brings, God says that through fasting that can be broken off of our life and we don't have to remain that way any longer. Things can fall off, fetters. You know, the chains can be broken and they can fall off and we can walk in His freedom. And so as I close here tonight, I just want to, to just get us back on the same page and reiterate this and just say, Jesus wants you to be free in your life. He wants the layers that have been built up through, through maybe years and lots of different circumstances. He wants to help you get those things removed. And he can use a situation like coming to church and hearing the anointed word, or he also can give you the ability to loose yourself through the ways that we've talked about tonight. And keep remembering that the devil is the one who brings bad things into our life. It isn't God. It isn't God. Because if you think God does it, Well, you're going to put up with things, aren't you? You're going to put up with them because you think you're suffering for the glory of God. Now, the Bible does say that we'll suffer, but it's not talking about things that He redeemed us from. Galatians says that He redeemed us from the curse of the law, which is sickness, sin, poverty, all of that. He's not going to ask you to take those things for His honor and glory when He redeemed you from them. And you can see that. I know that you can. Thanks for listening to this message from Pastor Nora King. If you'd like to contact us, you can visit us online at redemptionchurch.com. We'll see you back here next week for another powerful message from Pastor Nora.